Ready? All right, let's do this. <clears throat> Give me a countdown. Okay. Ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. Nice. I like the comes you give me the tabla countdowns. Um, welcome to another episode of Absolute Focus. Um, we have we have a guest today. An actual guest. And you know, we're classical musicians. And uh, he's a little bit outside of our genre. Right? Just kind of. And um, we're like you know, our music is like 2000 years old and his is this is only 60, 65 years old. Like, does that count? Yeah, of course it counts. It's valid in today's society. I don't know, man. Like, you know, <laughs> like we get on stage, we got like these fancy kurtas, we take our shoes off as respect. <laughs> man. They go on stage with their shoes. Just in the, have you heard the music? He's probably a better, he can, he can talk better than me right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't know, like, I, I just say this with, like, you know, classical musicians, we have the utmost humility. Like, we're the most humble, right? Yeah. Nobody can yeah. be more humble than us. We are, us, we but are like, so as humble. classical musicians, like, we're, we're better than hip-hop musicians. Because, like, cause like we have, like, ustads and, like, pundits. You know what I mean? But they're, like, they're like they, the best thing is, like, Dr. Dre. Like, he's just a doctor. Like, doctors are my students. You know what <laughs> just I'm saying? Just with no, you can't say that. He's right here. Okay. The theme of this show is Dr. Dre, a real doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, all kidding aside, like I have, we have, we're like very blessed and honored to have our guest here. Um, he's he just got off a performance at the the UN in New York. Um, he flew to LA. We're so happy to have him. He's uh, he's a positive force uh, in the world. Uh, he has a, he's an ama- he is an amazing musician, and we'll get into uh, we'll get into that. But let's. Let's give a round of applause to El Fresh the Lion. Yay! Yay. <laughs> welcome, it. welcome. Welcome. It's good to be here. It's good to see you both again. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's been. When it's was been the first time two we years? met? It's been two years, I think. Yeah, it's been a couple yeah, it of years. Yeah, it has been years. We had another child since we saw yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, I think one of the things that so we did we did uh, we did a couple of showcases together. I think the first one was in 2015. Yeah. And. And we were just blown away by your performance. But more so than your performance is, is you yeah, have this. Yeah, that was this, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Your performance is amazing. I, I think that's the given, right? Yeah. But I think what it you give off this energy of positivity, mm. of of like inspiration, positivity, and it comes through in all of your music. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whereas uh, I can sometimes be critical and negative, and and I. And I need to, you know, look, look beyond that. Be, look beyond that. Look at the bigger right? picture. Right. Um, like how how do you stay so positive? We're gonna go deep on question one. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I think about it in this way that I don't know any better. You know, like, and I feel like I I, I do have a choice, but I also kind of force myself not to have a choice, but to be positive, in the sense of. You know, there's so much going on around the world and, you know, it's 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 easy to get caught up in the biggest problems of our time. But at the same time, it's also easy to to get caught up in the day to day, the hustle and the bustle and, um, you know, to lose track of what might be, you know, innately positive. So, you know, I, I just try to, you know, keep grounded in 
a sense of 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 positivity um inspired by so much stuff when it comes to music um inspired by you know history inspired by also just the circle that i keep around me i keep very positive people around me yeah and my circle is 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 small for that reason as well you know i try not to have people who are going to be detrimental or who bring in toxic mm. energy or you know just critical for the sake of being critical it's like i so, want people who make me feel good around me as so well. your circle i've met uh i've met mira and and she, she also she yeah, gave off that same energy yeah, she gave that same of energy of positivity. positivity epitome yeah and like just being around her like drinking tea was i felt recharged yeah <laughs> and Absolutely. to have people around you like that but how do you i mean you go out you perform at other festivals and like hip-hop is one of those things um at least growing up in america there was always like beefs right like west coast versus east coast this guy versus that guy so do you uh you don't have do any of that in your music yes yeah, so how do you stay not away yet. from that not yet yeah wait till the wait till the next track album. on absolute focus <laughs> <laughs> wait till the next album um no i i mean i i think about things that like i always think about the bigger picture you know like my and people don't know this much at all i suppose because i haven't told it but part of my come up was mc battles and so i used to host battles in southwest sydney where i was born and raised in liverpool at a um a youth center that i helped set up many many years ago and uh we ran battle mc battle nights and so before that my come up was freestyling on the street corner we had like a a wheelie bin i don't know what you guys call like yo, you know when you put the trash in. What do you guys? Call we, it? I call them wheelie bins. A wheelie, so you yeah. know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> we, so me, and you are on the same wavelength. I exactly. Don't know this guy. Right, right. <laughs> um, U.S. audiences. Commonwealth and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got it. I think we, we call them trash cans. Yeah, trash with cans. Wheels. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. This. I don't know. Right. So <laughs> a wheelie that. bin. Right. <laughs> exactly. So picture that we had like a speaker inbuilt into it and a microphone plug. Oh, so cool. nice. So that would be on the street corner with us, and we'd just be rapping on the corner, you know, and that would be our performances or we'd be battling or whatever it might be. And then, you know, eventually we turn that into to battle night. So that was that was my come up. But, you know, I... I but was this... So when you're battling and you're, you're going against somebody, like, are you going for his legs or are you still coming from a place of... Intelligence. This, of, like, positivity or, like, how, how are you going about these battles? You definitely feed into your strengths, you know, because if you try to be, like, the next man and or the next person to... To, to try to match that then it's like well you, you're not going to win anyway because you're not being you right. and you have to be authentic so um you know i was i was definitely doing me but i mean i, I grew up in southwest sydney southwest sydney's like a it's it's not the most prettiest area it's 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 known for its grit so you know um i have that side of me as well where i love trash talking i love all that sort of stuff you know like um and and that quick wit so i would i would definitely feed into that but it got to a point where I realized that my my opponent in like if we're talking life in general we about to go deep like my opponent is not the MC in front of me mm. if anything my opponent is within me but right. on if we're talking wow. socially politically <clears throat> my opponent is a lot, a lot higher than that it's 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 the system and the powers that be that you know um, actually have us in a position where we're pitted against each other you know so <clears throat> those things are you know when i started to think about that then it became about well how do i how do i use what i do to build platforms for those around me 
um, as opposed to trying to build a platform by taking people down. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's amazing. And we all need to take some some notes from from that. <laughs> right. And I and I I imagine that your your faith is is a source for all this. So like I remember the one of the first memories I have of you is when we were sharing the dressing room. There was all all the acts like we had you know our own dressing rooms, but you and I were sharing a dressing room. Um, and you know. Uh, this mod was like less than two two years old then. Yeah, she was. And I think every, I was there's like her or pizza outside. Everybody's like running around talking. There's excitement generally of everything going on. Joking around joking. outside, and you know we're all trying to keep it light before we go on stage. And you <clears throat> you go in in into the corner and you do that us. Hmm. So how how is like faith uh, a driver in your music? Well, it's everything. Like it, well, it just keeps me grounded as a person, right? Yeah. And I think that's really important for me, and particularly in entertainment, right? Because entertainment, there's, there's, there. You could go any which way if you're not grounded. Right. You know, you could be pulled in any direction, and there's temptation galore. And you know, particularly when it comes to like substances and stuff like that. You know, yeah. as a performer, you get access to stuff for free. So it's like, if you're not grounded, you can be pulled so easily. Yeah, and we've seen that with so many people. Hundred yeah. percent. So you know, on one level that that keeps me definitely keeps me grounded but on a whole other level it's it gives me energy and it and 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 it, and it feeds me and it gives me life and it's also a way for me to stay completely connected and grounded so you know i always try my best to to maintain that focus and that discipline when i travel when i travel which isn't always the easiest yeah absolutely yeah. given you know you know uh Sometimes you're performing it, you know, get on stage until like 11.30 p.m. or something right. like that. <clears throat> or you don't get back to the hotel till 3 a.m. Yep. So all that sort of stuff, you know, you kind of have to, to, to manage that. But, you know, it's 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 really important to me. And on that level, but also just in terms of security, I mean, it grounds me and, and, and gives me a compass with respect to what I talk about in my music too. Mm. And, you know, and, and, and what what are the values that inform what I do? Um, so I don't, ex you know, I don't preach it music. It's not what I do. I'm not a, 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 an artist who, who is about spreading sikhi through hip hop. You know, it's 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 not it's not that. If, but it's it's so much a part of who I am that inevitably you're gonna learn something about our people through the music just by listening to it. Yeah. Right. And when do you think this connection started? My parents were, you know, have been an important influence and inspiration for me in life since i was born and i'm so grateful to have had parents who have been so supportive and so um <clears throat> you know giving with their their energy and 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 um and their presence and so you know they instill within myself and my younger brother from the very beginning the values of sikhi it was we, we it was in the household non-stop my both my parents now you know um learning and can have have continued to try to learn rakitan and so that's always in the house non-stop you know um as well as my brother and myself we you know we try to learn and so like that that's that's always been a part of our household and you know i remember with music particularly when i started making music and when i started taking it seriously my parents only concern was that i wasn't going to get into something that was going to reflect negatively on Sikhi. Yeah. Oh, wow. It wasn't even like negatively on yourself or the family or whatever yeah. it might be. It was like on Sikhi. So like 
in so our is that something that weighs on you like to this day that that you have the responsibility <laughs> to uphold uh, to an extent but i don't see it as a burden right i if anything i see it as a blessing right. because it's like what a what a community that we're a part of you know and and what a legacy you know we we carry you know so you know that's something for me that i'm grateful to have that connection to and if anything it's like i know that by doing what i do i i fall short of all the markers of what it you know what that legacy um has said as a standard but it's also a way for me to kind of bring uh my energy and what i'm passionate about um through music uh you know to that as well so you know it's it's yeah i don't see it as a as a burden it's if, if anything it's it's just something that keeps me in check um and and again keeps me grounded yeah wow yeah like um so i made a joke about like humility um, Cause, yeah. yeah i think like as classical musicians we were i think the message is great that you're taught to always be humble like i think the example um that your guruji gave was uh, like Bhandi Shivkumar Sharma was that well you know when you're walking up a mountain you have to look down you have to but as soon head. as you look up you're gonna fall backwards mm. yeah. but i think there's countless examples where like the indian classical world like they use humility as as a way to like like what I was saying is like I'm more humble than you therefore I'm better than you right Right? so ego gets into it somehow but like in hip hop I noticed that it's the complete opposite kind of that that like you know sort of flexing or whatever you want to call it uh, is part of the culture being absolutely confident and And being confident I mean you know (coughs) I think yours comes off as uh, confidence and sometimes others comes off as arrogance and like is there is there some sort of uh way that you like you know, try not to cross that negative border of like between confidence and arrogance or i i, I kind of have, have come to view this differently now um and again i think about it um contextually so like when i think about you know hip-hop and you know that braggadocia yeah. kind of um uh mentality and culture that permeates through it i think about it from the standpoint of like i can appreciate that contextually knowing that hip-hop has come from marginalized and oppressed communities who were told that they weren't worth anything yeah and so here you are creating something and within it you're feeling your worth and your value so why not pump it up because you're not getting it from anywhere else you right. know and so you need to let the world know in you know explicit and direct terms like how what your worth is you know and don't take me for granted so when i view it in that respect you know i can appreciate it on a level obviously there's excess in everything yeah. right I can, I can see that too um and that's you know with respect to just the commercial commercialization and i suppose the 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 you know the simplification of 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 hip-hop at a pop level like you know we we could we could we could talk about that but just generally speaking i can appreciate that and i can see how much that means to people on a ground level in communities you know um not just in the states but back home right when i'm working with kids in workshops and stuff like that and in areas that are you know not as fortunate like southwest sydney you know so um if anything for me the focus is empowerment through music so it's like okay well if if empowerment means that you need to make a song about how great you and your people are and your and your team is and that you're better than everybody 
you know, then so be it. Because if that's going to get you to come up out of your negative situation, then that's great. You know, like what a what an achievement to have. And if anything, if that song inspires people in you know who are who are in similar positions to also feel that way by singing along, then that's a positive thing too. I remember Kanye West, who's you know a perfect example of you know a person who's super confident. And now we can talk about his transition into like excess. <laughs> right. But you know, uh, pre. Trump Kanye, um, you know, we're going back five years, maybe 10 years. Like, I remember him talking about how, like, anyone who listens to my music is not going to have self-esteem problems. You know, and that was kind of yeah, cool yeah. to for me to hear that because, like, I've always enjoyed Kanye, but I've always kind of... Yeah, that first me. album, even, like, uh, like it blew me away. Like, I right. it was one of those things that you listen to the whole thing. Right. And I'm an Indian classical musician, right? Because that's not right. even my genre, but I, I listened to it, like, countless times. Right. But I've always, we kind of, I've always teetered on the edge of like, oh, is he going, like, is he too cocky? Like, just exactly what your question was addressing. But, you know, after hearing that quote, it made me appreciate just the goal of what he was trying to do with his music. And so, you know, when it comes to like what I do now and how I'm moving into the future with the content that I'm creating, I'm thinking about, okay, well, in today's age, like right now, you know, this thing of of connecting to self, self self-empowerment, having belief, but also with respect to like, you know, taking it to an, another level is like decolonizing your mindset and, and trying to find value and strength in what you have that's in, innately yours culturally. Like I think about all of that and trying to put weight on on the confidence in that. So, you know, I, I appreciate the question and it's like, but I think there's layers to it. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And like you opened my eyes to those layers. Yeah, it's a form of empowerment. Um, so when you grew up, um, in West Sydney, as you said, like, was, was bullying an issue? Um, yeah, it was like Western Sydney. I'm trying to think, figure out how to kind of explain it, but you know, it's, it's the kind of, uh, you know, Southwest Sydney, Western Sydney, Western Sydney is the, the most, you know, diverse region in the whole country you know it's it's one of the biggest regions in 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 the country and it's home to you know like strong surviving thriving first nations indigenous communities and refugees and migrants from all over the world so it's 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 an amazing cultural hotspot the whole region and it spans from like you could drive it, t- it could take you two hours to drive from one end to the to the top end, you know, like of, of mm-hmm. Western Sydney. So it's a big region, right? Um, and uh, so you can imagine just all the influences that 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 exist in the area, um, but also the 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 disadvantage in terms of like socioeconomics and stuff like that is is, is prevalent too. So, but you know, uh, I. You know, trash talking is a big thing. It's, mm. You know, when I was coming up, like sport, Australia has a, is a big sporting country. Yeah. So like trash talking, sledging, we call it, you know, it's, 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 it, it permeates through like that whole culture. So, you know, bullying was definitely a thing, but at the same time, it's like, how much do you, how much do you throw back to, you know what I mean? Like mm. you gotta be, yeah. you kinda gotta be tough <clears throat> in, 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 in one respect, but there's always there's always obviously a line that that can be crossed and and you know racism is definitely prevalent in Australia you know Australia is you know quite a 
um, you know, racist country for sure. And that's, you know, on all levels. So, you know, there was that as part of my experience growing up as well. And, you know, you kind of deal with that um, as a lot of, you know, emerging migrant communities do in Australia, as well as, you know, First Nations people who felt the effect effect effects of it, you know, in the most yeah. brutal way. So, you know, it's for real. Yeah, I mean, the reason I sort of asked the question was I, I grew up here in, in California, but um, I went, uh, we, we grew up in a small city. And I, so in elementary school, I guess you guys call it primary school, um, I was the only Indian, let alone like the only Sikh. And um, it was tough, man. Like, the, and then the, you know, you got made fun of constantly. My, my dad would uh, come like, you know, once a quarter or once a semester or whatever and speak to uh, like in our general assembly and like explain what Sikhi was, mm. like why I have long hair, like that, that I'm not a girl, right? Um, and and then you know part of when I look back on that, that was pretty amazing of dad to do. It is really. Mm. But at the time, I, it was kind of embarrassing, right? Because right. he's like pointing out more of the difference. And so these are issues that like they stick with you. Like as a musician, I didn't I, uh, confidence was an issue for me at the beginning, right? Like it's only sort of you know the last I'd say five ten years that I've sort of been able to break out of that. Like you know that when I do go on stage, I'm more confident now. But it, it, it affected my performance, like, you know, it sticks with you in, in life. Um, the constant teasing, you know, the bullying, you know, there, there was, I don't know, like some, I got hit a few times and, um, and it sticks with you. And yeah, so I was, just, but it seems like that you were able to sort of power over that and like, definitely through, through your sort of, it's pre-music, but like you were saying that there's it's trash talking, through. you gave some back like that. Yeah. There's there's roots there, right? Sydney, bro. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like you have you have to, man. Like yeah, I, you know. But also, like at that, you know, for that very young age in my life, I had that warrior mentality too. You know, like being inspired by sick history and, yeah, and stories yeah. that my dad would tell me and my mom would tell me. It's like, you know, I don't back down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and yeah. I had that mentality in a positive way, but also in a detrimental way for the longest until I was probably about. 21 you know 22 mm-hmm. and at that point i realized it was also being a detriment to me and res- with respect to like i'm constantly just feeling like i gotta fight everything and it's like well actually by doing that i'm causing my own yeah. stress and anxiety and, t- and creating tension within yeah. myself so we go, like, through yeah. <laughs> go through that yeah go through that yeah so you know it's um, exhausting oh yeah 100 percent. yeah i mean there was there's a sense of uh, like yeah, so sort of observing what other artists, other musicians are doing. Where, like, you know, why did he get that gig and all that? I think it has roots in, in, in this thing that you're not valuable enough. Yeah. And so it's only, like I said, like the last five, ten years when you realize, you know what? Like, <coughs> we're all on our paths. You know, some people are sprinting down them. Like, some are jogging, some are at their leisurely pace, and we're all on our own yeah. paces, and we're gonna get to where we're gonna get. Exactly. And so when when we sort of realize that there was there was a peace. Yeah. I was able to <laughs> perform piece, better. Yeah. I was able to relax more. I was able to come up with new material. Um, but there's a process to get there though we had to go yeah, through that to, to yeah, realize that yeah there's like you go through the self hate and then you know then you finally get to the self love I, I mean I just on that I'd be keen to ask you guys like does having kids help with that does that kind of like ground you and, and give you kind of like a well wow like there's there's more to yeah it's given us a bit more of a perspective like definitely me yeah, um, the, the, yeah, the things that 
we thought were important we're are important, not important. Absolutely not important at all. In the slightest. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is this section not working? Oh, I've got to fit this over this time B. Why is it not working? I can't get this tune to. It's not tuning properly. It doesn't matter. Well, all that matters is you've done your practice and you're spending time with children because mm. they're actually balls of beautiful energy which you just need to play with and right. absorb and just be around because it'll make you a better all-around human being yeah. and musician at the same time exactly so it, it's just a changing your perspectives really really helps and sometimes it's hard to get out of that if you're just in it but something like that really does pull you out of yourself yeah um, and then i think just before we started the the show like we were talking about that that the two most successful years in terms of gigs, in terms of like, you know, big recording projects and in terms of like finances were the, the two years that our children were born. <laughs> yeah. So we like, we, we 100% we believe that yeah. they brought. Absolutely. We did nothing to get any of those. Like they brought blessings them. with them. That's so great. Man. <laughs> yeah. It makes me reflect on there's a, there's a guy back home who's a, you know, veteran in the hip hop scene. <gasps> who's a um, veteran in the hip hop scene. His name's Hal. He runs the hip hop show on a station called Triple J back home. And I feel like his grind has increased since he's had kids. Yeah. You know, like he's just gotten so much more busy. He started a record label. Um, he's supporting so many different artists. He goes out to gigs to, to to check in with them, but he does it all with his kids and his family with him. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just such a great thing to kind of see. Similarly with like the A&R for my record label. Um, Tim, he's an artist, goes by the name of Earthboy. He's got a daughter now as well. And like just the grind has increased. You yeah, know? it makes you, it <laughs> makes you hyper focused. Yeah. yeah, like if if you um, you know, when before we had kids, I don't you, know what we yeah, did well, I don't know what we, we were doing, but right. like now no you're idea. like okay, like Narup is napping for an hour. Have we have an hour to knock this recording out. Yeah, and you do it. You just focus. Mm. And whereas the other way, we were like, oh, I've you we know, we can do it this way, we can do it that, that way, way, but we can do oh yeah, I'll just start tuning now. Oh, time's up. Right. Yeah. I remember when I when I came to your guy's house. I think it was that's. The second time I came to yeah, LA, yeah, the second time. And I remember you, you were talking about how like you would you needed to be up at like four a.m. or five a.m. to practice. To yes. practice. Was yeah. that because like to get in get it in before the kids That's, woke up? That like, was before this man would wake up. Right, right, because right. Because after that, you have to be with them because yeah. you're their universe. So yeah. you can't just yeah. We try. If to be you aware have the time, you should yeah. spend the time. If yeah. you don't, obviously, yeah. there's different circumstances yeah. for everyone. Yeah, yeah, we try to be aware of that. Like they, they the. Yeah, we, to spend the time that with them that we have with them. Like, yeah. not just be like, oh, here, uh, go watch a Let's, TV yeah, and I'm going to go practice. And I'm gonna do, yeah. yeah. Like, we're trying, so we're trying to work music around that. And But then, like I said, we we're super hyper-focused. Like, this is, this this show came up, right, like, after we had kids. We started teaching now every Fridays. Um, plus, on top of that, we're doing the gigs and the, the recording sessions. Yeah. Mm. So it makes you hyper-focused. A bit Ooh. tired sometimes. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. We're I, rem- we're I remember that. I remember that vividly from from being there, and I was just like, "Wow, that's respect." <laughs> it's yeah. hard harder to do. It's, I don't think I've done that since Nirup was born. Right. Yeah. His sleeping tough. routines are different. <laughs> yeah. He was like, "You want to wake up at four? No. Uh, no. I'm waking up. I'm gonna throw another challenge at you right now. So another spanner in the works, but you work around yeah. it. We'll 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 figure that out. It always gets figured out, right? Right. <laughs> so, dude, how is performing at the UN? That was crazy. How did that even come about? It was, it was through YouTube. So like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Tell us. Let's start at the beginning and start at Creators for Change. Yeah. So this this journey started maybe over two years ago now, longer than that, before YouTube actually came into the picture. So maybe three years ago, and I was I was doing a bunch of 
just you know preparing for new music at that time i hadn't put out my second album so i was kind of just preparing for the release of that and i was thinking about you know social social media and like how things are going and i was like man the only platform that i have currently that i'm not utilizing the most is youtube and you know i was like i need to make more video content so i was like but i don't know how to do this video is not my strength i'm not a video person Mm -hmm. um it's so awkward yeah and i I find myself being awkward in front of the camera like i I hate doing the you know the selfie yeah yeah it's so annoying um so i was like you know what do i do how do i do this so i started brainstorming for like six months just like a bunch of different ideas and was playing around with a couple of things was trying to learn how to edit and uh and i was like man if only i had someone who could help me out with this like just get some advice you know on how to get started and i bumped into well we got asked to perform at a at a at a like digital uh conference called digi engage back in australia it was in melbourne that year and all those big social media platforms were partners for that event so you know there were reps from facebook instagram youtube twitter and we, we performed there for, for like a short 15 minute set and afterwards they all came to talk to us and was like, what are you doing? And I remember having a chat with this one woman named Rebecca and she's from an organization called Love Frankie and she was telling me about like, yeah, I'd love to help you guys out. Like that's kind of what we do is we, we try to, you know, create content and her background was like creating content that had social messaging in yeah. it that was for like for, yeah, for a good street. purpose and stuff like that and she's like with love frankie we're working with youtube to develop content creators for this local program called share some good but there's also a global program called creators for change so she's like i'd love to chat to you about all this stuff i was like all right cool so you know she put me on and just was like okay well yeah this is how you know i'd love for you and mira to create content for share some good like this this australian campaign um and so we started working with rebecca to just come up with ideas like how does this stuff work and through that connection we you know that we just got introduced to so many people like youtube and um we created uh, a video called the 90 second wrap up um which like is a great concept and i wish like i saw a couple of those yeah we we, we did we did one which was like a pilot and i think it's a great concept if we could get like a proper team to shoot it but essentially it was like Mira's also got a radio background. And so like Mira interviews a guest for 90 seconds and then, and then you I turn that into a freestyle rap yeah. like what oh, they wow. just spoke about. And so the whole thing goes for like two minutes or something like that, three minutes. Um, and that's a segment. And so we were like, man, this could be great. Imagine like we get, you know, Kevin Hart when he's like doing his video promo, like movie promo tours or like Will Smith or, you know, yeah. whoever it might yeah. be while they're on tour in Australia as part of their media like we could do that this could be a great segment so we we made that and then off the back of that um the love frankie team were like we want to recommend you for the creators for change program which is the global program um and then youtube were like boom we're picking you for the program so it was like i was one of 27 that first year um around the world who was picked by youtube for this new program where it was about trying to support creators who were making content that had um, positive messaging around stuff like hate speech, xenophobia, extremism, and stuff like that. So um, it was an amazing platform. I was, on, I was, I was like probably, and I, looking back at it, I think I was the like the smallest channel of all of them. Like we're talking about people who got like a million plus subscribers oh, and wow. stuff like that, you know, in this program. 
Um, and, you know, I had like 3,000 subscribers mm. at the time. And, you know, uh, I was the only musician in the group. Everyone else mm. was like vloggers and, right. um, you know, comedians, skit, making skits and stuff like that. Like you, what you would expect from YouTube, right? Um, but they brought me in and I was like, man, this is crazy. Like six months prior, 12 months prior, I was trying to figure out how to even brainstorm and get into like making video. Now I'm in workshops run by experts who do this stuff yeah. with YouTube creators who do this. I can ask any question I want. And so I did, you know, I just, I got a notebook back home of just like all these notes from all this stuff. But at the same time, it gave me a platform and support from YouTube to create just dope content. So I made a music video that first year. Very racist, um, right? Yeah, it's called Racist Slash Our World. Put that out and then they premiered that um, at the Tribeca TV Festival in New York last year. So they flew wow. me in for that, which was amazing. And then um, this year I created a short documentary about sick music um, and how it can be used, well, how music can be is used by the sick community back home to build resilience and to connect to culture separate from the motherland, right? Um, and that they flew me into New York this year yeah. to I perform, really like that video. To perform um, at the UN for the launch of it, which was just yeah, amazing. Nice. So there's a story in that, yeah, and like, uh, I think, I mean, where I'm going to go with this question is, like, you're you're blessed. So this question, like, these things just, Man, they're not falling on your lap, it. right? Like, they're, it's for a reason. And right. Like, so in the, I can't remember the, the name of the video, it's Culture, Culture Change? Culture or? Strong. Yeah. Culture Strong. Um, you, why don't you tell that story again about your trip to Amritsar? Right. The The video opens with, yeah, this story. So, like, I was, I had just finished high school. And uh, so, you know, finished year 12. And my parents and my brother and I, we flew to Punjab. And, you know, it came at a real pivotal point in my life because at that point I was, you know, I, I, was, I was making music by that stage. I'd finished school. I kind of knew that I was going to go to, you know, college, university after that. Um, it was pretty clear on what kind of what I wanted to do, but as there was a there was still a big hole inside me, you know, like a big gap, and you know I was kind of still finding my way, and all those things that we kind of just spoke about before in terms of like that we kind of touched on, you know, like being from Southwest Sydney, being in Australia, which is a country where you know your identity can be challenged and and things of that nature. Like I was still trying to figure out who I was, mm -hmm. and so at that point I'm you know I just finished school, uh, you know I was kind of you know figuring out who i was I, I was trimming my beard at the time as well so i was like you know a completely different person to to where i am now i was definitely in that warrior phase you know like i'm mm. just fighting everything we went to uh hamanda saab and that was that was the first time that i had been there when i was younger that was my second trip to punjab but when i was younger we went there when i was like eight but i didn't go to hamanda saab that trip um so going after high school, that was my first time there. And I was like 18. And, you know, I remember walking into the Basab and just like, you know, just taking in that whole scene, you know, like, right. and just feeling completely overwhelmed. Like, well, I, I don't know if overwhelmed is the right word, but I, I was just... So I think I do know the right word. Right. But tell, uh, go ahead and keep going. Uh, and, you know... like. You, you, you had tears yeah I had right? tears down my face I just felt like this big kind of ball of light in, in my chest 
that was just ex- like exploding and um but not in like a like a you know explosion kind of way but like just you know tingling take yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Nice and, warm yeah. And, and uh that was the first time i ever felt something like that and and uh so let me let me give you my interpretation because okay. i i immediately <coughs> noticed this uh when i watched the video um so do you know what virag is no so like in Sikhi, there's this concept that that we all came from God mm. and that our journey is to go back to God. Right. And so Virag is this uh, is this separation that you like we've been separated from God for all these life cycles and we're trying, you know, we're trying to get back. Right. So Virag is that separation. Um, and so when there's like this expression, like, you know, when somebody's listening to Kirtan or something, they'll, they'll say, and he's like moved to tears. They'll say Virag Jage. Mm. And the and um and this this is like my grandfather teaching me and um these things, but so I might get it wrong because I didn't listen properly all the time. Right. But <laughs> but I I believe that you so what happens in this Virag is you're you're feeling you're 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 being connected back. Mm. And so in that moment, I believe that you were connected mm. to God. Right. Like he touched you in that right. moment. Right. And I believe that. Like you know, if this we were making like a Marvel superhero movie, right? That's that's your origin story, right? Definitely. I mean, I think about that as like that's when the lion was born. Yeah. You know, if I was to put it that way, you I know? immediately like made that connection right, right. away. Like that, like God just touched Sikhi, right. and like he, now he's 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 being sent to do something. Right. Because I know. I mean, after that moment, like as soon as I walked out of Hermandir Sahib, I was like, I was a different person. I was like, I know what I need to do right now. Like, yeah. I know when I get back home, for one, like, I need to get on my shit, you know? Like, I need to stop trimming my beard. I need to, like, focus on Sikhi and, and, and build that foundation so it's strong. And also, I need to know, I know what I need to do musically, you know, and what I'm, really what I'm about and what kind of content I want to create. And it was just, it was no hesitation after that when it came to, to music and, and, like, where I wanted to go moving forward everything has just kind of flowed since then not without kind of like obviously challenges and and all that sort of stuff and your ups and downs but uh, you know i just found a direction after that moment so do you still feel do you feel like something's guiding you or something's i feel like something's looking after me yeah you know for sure you know i feel it from you like like when we talk to you or we see your videos we've that's why I'm drawn to you. Is like, and right. I was I specifically didn't really speak to you before we mm-hmm. started this because I wanted to get it on right. on tape. But like that, uh, we feel that aura from right. You. Man, that's crazy. It's spinning <laughs> yeah. me out. Like thinking about it right now, I'm gonna cry right now. Like, you know, like it's really spinning me out. But you know, my my DJ has had you know like he's he's um you know he's a he's a he's a a, a veteran DJ from Australia, been DJing twenty plus years, and and you know. We've been working together for maybe seven years now, you know, and, and his whole thing has been like, you know, fresh. You're on like a, a a journey that's greater than all of us, man. He's like, yeah, I, you know, whatever you want, I'm down. Like, I, I, I want to be a part of this ride. And I'm just like, man, that's crazy. And so like we'll have moments every now and then where, you know, an opportunity's popped up or something's happened or and he's just and we're all just looking at each other like man we were talking about this like six months ago three months ago and it's it's happening right now to a level that we hadn't even thought about and he's just like told you man you know like <laughs> yeah. something's at play here you know so like yeah. we need to ride it and 
you know that's it's definitely a beautiful thing i mean i definitely feel like i'm being looked after and um and i, I don't take that for granted if anything it 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 inspires me to again want to you know give myself well give give back more to myself with respect to Siki you know like and, yeah. and just giving thanks you know I remember my mom uh, a conversation I had with my mom like a year and a half ago two years ago so my second album got nominated for our version of the Grammys which is like the the Arias yeah. and uh, I, I went to the uh, nomination the nominations announcement event that they have right and i'm sitting there my record label was like fresh do you want to come uh we don't know if you're gonna get nominated or whatever they announced it here but you know a couple of us are going i was like yeah sure why not um and you know they announced that i'm being nominated in the best urban release category and i'm like oh snap i wasn't expecting that wow. i called my mom and i said you know i was trying to explain to her the significance of this moment you know like this is pretty pretty cool recognition to get and i was like i spent maybe five minutes explaining to her what an aria meant you know and her response was like you need to go to the gurdwara and you need to give thanks more because you don't do it enough yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was like yeah. oh snap you know and, and then she was like yeah my parents instilled that in us all the time. yeah 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 and yeah. she was like also you know slow down you haven't won anything yet you know yeah. like just chill like you know, I was like, man, I'm, I'm just trying to explain to you like what it is. I'm not telling you that I'm amazing. Like, I'm just trying to tell yeah. you what it is. It was, it was a funny moment. But, you know, she's 100% right. Like, I don't do that enough. Um, and, and I can feel that every now and then because I, I you know, I, I, I am grateful for like where I'm at. And I feel like I'm only just getting started, you know. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, when we listen to your music, I was telling just when the yesterday... I was doing a lot of design work a couple of months ago and I had your albums on repeat. Mm. It was just totally, it's, it's so uplifting and uh, so much positivity comes from your uh, from your music and your energy. It's like, I know, and you pour your heart out in mm, all of your tracks. Definitely. It's totally autobiographical and it's just, yeah, as Jasunda said, you're inspiring. Oh, thank <laughs> you. No, I appreciate that. I definitely do. So, um... Let's talk about the music side of it a little bit. Like, um, one of the things I noticed is like when I watch your live performances, is you have a band. Yeah. Like you tour with live musicians. So how did that start? Like why why not just a DJ? Why why live musicians? Uh, you know, the standard in hip hop is to have a DJ, right? Yeah. And or a hype MC um, backing you up. And uh, you know, I used to perform without anybody. So when I started, it was like I would whoever was DJing that night was going to be my DJ or I got to a point where I was like I'm just going to program my own backing tracks it's like let the track run you know I was getting 20 minute to half an hour gigs at that time program it all into a single wave file track and press play as soon as I hit the mm. stage and all the pauses were set you know what I mean so like yeah, I yeah. knew I had a minute right here between songs to introduce myself or whatever it might be before so I kind of did it that way and um, eventually uh, a friend of mine named Sai, who's like a big, big brother to me, um, got a band together for me. He was just like, you know, Fresh, you need a band. Um, I've got musicians together for you. You're going to meet them tonight. I've organized a rehearsal for you. I'm like, okay, sweet. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, at that night I met my drummer, Clinton. 
my bass player Chris and my guitarist Dwayne and we had a rehearsal together and it was just like that was the foundation of it right there and this is maybe eight nine years ago you know yeah and as I kind of started rehearsing with the band we we played maybe one or two gigs in the local area and you know I kind of felt like I personally wasn't ready to be with a band like I hadn't developed enough as a performer to be with a band like I didn't want to let the band be a cushion for me as a as a performer and you know that I could perform and and the band would be engaging enough for the audience that I was like okay guys like let's keep rehearsing but I need a year to just like perform with nobody but myself just so I can kind of build up the skills as an MC to know I can hold the stage on my own and then when we get together it's going to be like superpower you know yeah, so yeah. we did that and then when we got back together a year after I was also like we need to expand the band like I need that's to- amazing like that you had the sort of foresight to, to know because you, you, you would you think that like so to me it's the the I would have the opposite thought that right. me going out Thank there God, alone is more scary <laughs> yeah. than because the band would be my safety net it was definitely you know more uh, but you did that like as a challenge yeah man this, this guy I, <laughs> I had to man. you ever take the easy way out on anything <laughs> no, no man I don't um it was it was it was definitely a challenge but it was so worth it because it taught me how to be an MC and how yeah. to how to how to hold a crowd's attention yeah you you just like the two times we performed you just destroyed mm. yeah you just destroyed like we had this like 10 acts before you and you just like Actually, you destroyed so much. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know story. if you know this story. Right? Maybe you should add this line to your bio, okay? Right. Because I've added it to my bio. <laughs> my sister-in-law's father was at the second concert, the one at right. the, the, the the Chapman concert yeah, hall. The new concert, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like a $30 million concert hall. And like, it's it's amazing. And it was packed. So we're playing. So me and Kamal's are playing. And this guy starts having chest pains. Right. Have, have, right. Wow. Uh, I think you come off. <laughs> It's not uh, funny, really. It's Come not funny. He's fine. He's fine. He's <laughs> absolutely perfect <laughs> health. Like, perfect health. I gave him a heart attack. He's perfectly healthy. We just we, we were at his house in England uh, like right, couple, right. last month. He's fine. But he had a heart attack. <laughs> he did. Wow. Your music is heart stopping. <laughs> Whoa. Damn. I don't know if that's a good thing, man. No, but it. <laughs> wow. I, I, coincidence. I, I, well, I went to the hospital. So that night, so he was having chest pains during our set. And then, like, I think during your set, he was still having chest pains. And then, after about an hour after the concert, like, they did, they, they had to call 911. He was taken to the hospital. So I saw him the next day. And um, he was joking and laughing. And, and he was things. laughing and joking even then. So, but he, he had heart, a heart attack and um, he had to have, an, what are they called? The angioplasties? Yeah. Um, and so I like I told him from now on I'm writing in my bio that my tabla is hard stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But Sagdeep's Sagdeep's in there too. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. He laughed. He laughed. Wow. He loved it. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, bo- both those performances and those are uh, like I've seen your live performances on YouTube, but that doesn't really count, right? Like, but uh, in person, those were the two times I got to see you perform, and, and mm. it was it was amazing. Um, but like I'm I'm. That's that's crazy that you had the, the foresight to know that you had to go develop on your own first. Yeah, and like even more so, like when I think about it after that point, because when I got the band back together, we were gonna we were preparing for my first like headline show, and uh, I, I wanted to expand the band, so I wanted backing vocalists and I wanted a DJ to come in, and so that was when I hit up my current DJ MK One and Mira, who yeah. I'd met 
just a couple months before reaching out to her to be a part of the band. And at the time, there was another vocalist from the local area. His name's T. He was a part of the band as well. And, you know, we, we had like, that made us a seven-piece unit for the first headline show in Sydney that we did. And, you know, eventually, it, it now, it now it's six of us. We had another backing vocalist um, swap with T at some point. He went on to do X Factor and um, did really oh. well on that show. So he went and did his own thing. So we had um, a singer named Kimmy come in. Um, and she was with us for a good year and a half or something like that, two years maybe. Uh, but now it's back to just the six of us with Mira and MK1 with a band. And, you know, performing with that as a unit and, and, and particularly, or even when we, we bring it down to just the three-piece, myself, Mira and MK1 as a DJ set, had I not done that before, I would look so amateur on stage next to Mira. And I still feel sometimes like I do. <laughs> She's you guys are great though. Like you're you guys team. are in sync. Like uh, the the movement and like the, it's 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 like the perfect sync. She's she's man. Great. She's to me. She's the best MC in the country. You know, like when it comes to performance. You know, and particularly like on stage in our sets. Like she just goes to a whole other level. Yeah. And, you know, you can tell, like, her uncle, not by blood, but by connection, is Flavor Flav. So, like, you can tell why she's she's great oh, like that. Wow. You know what I mean? What? So, um, they're, you know, like, they're the same energy. So, yeah, you know, she... Yeah, definitely. So, you know, like, they're, they're, if I don't upkeep, you know, yeah. like, then it's Mira's performance featuring Elle Fresh, you know? And it, it, <laughs> you think so you've lent like, a bit of... Uh, keeping up your energy from her then yeah definitely and and you know now we've gotten to a point where you know we've performed so much together and she's like my best friend too you know like so um, when we're not on stage we're hanging out and I'm at her house and her husband Zig's house working in with him in his studio so like I'm you know we're hanging out pretty much yeah. a bunch of times every week you know so like the chemistry is 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 for real and it's it's not something that we like overtly rehearse either you know like we we talk about it and then we're on stage like you know it's it, we we're not kind of busting it out before that we we kind of visualize it as a as a crew and then yeah. we make it happen and so like she she's she's great at that in in terms of as a mentor um as well just pushing me as a performer like you know Sukhdeep, you need to do this. Like, okay, for the next album, this is what your demeanor needs to be like. And this is the what we need you to emphasize. And this is how you're going to be on stage. And this is what I'll do to complement that. And, you know, so we're already having those conversations yeah. for the next stuff. It's, That's yeah, it's pretty fun. It's so nice to have a crew to be able to do that with. Yeah. It really does. So, yeah, there's you a need that. You yeah. need that. There's a couple of things that, like, as a classical musician, or um, that I often, yeah, yeah. That I often get jealous about, like in the hip hop, and, or in, you know, like, like, you guys have a sense of uh, of community. community, right? Whereas <laughs> we're on stage, sort of. I mean, Gomaljeet and I are kind of, yeah, like right. we're married, and we, we're trying to, you know, we can have synergy amongst ourselves. But, but overall, classical musicians are you're just locked in a room practicing whatever you're practicing. Right. Yeah, and then you're, here's you're a thumbra, tuning, yeah. rag. That's it. You're focused on like the music aspect, like completely. Right. Whereas, and it's only in the last couple of years that, like, you know, with some of our like recording projects and film projects, like, that I can step back and then sort of tell a bigger story, right? Like when you're on stage, you're you're focused on like, you know, is this 
tihai the most difficult tihai? Is, and is it going the most difficult mm. thon? Like you're trying to, you're focused on complexity and difficulty, but while maintaining beauty, but it's all music related. And it's so very, like, but now as I'm older. And it's like, in yourself. It's not yeah. like to anyone else. Sure. Yeah. It's within yourself. And as we're getting older and like, you know, we have stuff to say, like we're noticing stuff in the world, uh, like, you know, social injustices and like um, political issues or whatever it may be. Like we have, we have opinions on it. And it, it, it's like, how do we tell that story, uh, those stories without, you know, the lyrics and the poetry yeah. that hip hop has? <laughs> Um, and so, like you know, we had some projects that, like at Sicklands, like uh, we 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 did the opening logo music for all the Sicklands mm. films, and uh, you know, I think the old jazz and Kamaljeet would have just been like, oh, we'll just pick a dog and then do it. Right. But this time we we had reasoning behind everything we did, right? Like we we picked a dog that was written by. Uh, Guru Degbahadur Rajajwati, mm. right? Yeah. And he had given his life for um, another okay. faith, right? Yeah. Like for, for not the Sikhs, but for yeah. the, the Hindu faith. And for them to be able to practice their faith, even though he didn't agree with everything in it. So um, that's like a huge sacrifice. So then we were like, okay, Sikhlands is an interfaith organization. Like that's what they're trying to promote. So, and then, you know, we were like, okay, if she throws the Santur, then that'll represent the Indian side. And then we threw in like Western like strings. So it became this, this global story to tell like an interface story but and it's so hard to do when you don't but have it's hard words. to do that for us on stage <laughs> right. right like on stage yeah it's uh, just back to give a yeah you know, to step back from the music and provide a larger context hmm. um and that's you know what we're trying we're trying to do yeah that. i feel like there's ways definitely to do yeah. that in in, in kind of like how you how you deliver it and what you tell in between songs and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You can definitely kind of do it that way. I saw you guys did the music for like a project that was like celebrating the history of, was it Sikh women or Punjabi yeah, women in California? Punjabi women yeah. in Man, the music California. for that trailer that you put up, that was deep. <laughs> like, I love the, the yeah, I love that. I yeah, so that was like, another one, and that was a recent project. So yeah. we're starting to get into this, where I'm thinking sort of more in abstract terms because you know you're so narrow-minded like sure. fo your focus is so narrow especially in your your it's on the music yeah that you nobody tells you how to like tell a, a story so this with that song um it was a it's a, a punjabi folk song that a, a lot of punjabis yeah. know like it's um Jyoti Kasuri. yeah and there's the, the the it's about like a bride um that's like you know leaving her Hmm. It's the song is a metaphor. Like basically, my, it's my shoes are uncomfortable, and I gotta and walk I, this path. Yeah, but yeah. that's a literal translation. Yeah. The <laughs> sure. metaphorical translation is like that a, a, a woman is leaving her home and she's going to a new home. And she has and, to, and she has to conform to the ways, even those like yeah. those shoes don't fit or whatever. Right? Yeah. So what we what Kamalzith and I thought of it was that each instrument, like because it, it, there's layers and it's complex, like that each instrument is gonna play a character. Hmm. And so, like, uh, the tabla was going to be, like, driving the rhythm. And it, it the was... The walking, essentially. Like, yeah, the walking, but then it, it turned into running, right? Yeah. And then there's there's this part in the song that says, like, more than I have to turn back around. Cause, and then, like, the tabla makes an abrupt stop and, like, goes back to walking the other way. Um, and then there was sarangi, which, like, as an instrument is, is you know, like... Uh, it's you know, fantastic to evoke pain. And yeah, yeah. It evokes pain well, and longing, longing and, and crying, and right? You, you know, as well as love. <laughs> it's not all about the crying. So we were like, okay, that will like you know that the, that the bride is like missing her family. Yeah. She has to live in this new life, and then but then 
the the centaur we added like that this is going to play the the brightness the character brightness. like mm. the it's not all bring doom hope and doom. uh and so like the notes that we composed for the centaur were very like cheery mm. well underneath like the sarangi is going and the tabla is going so you know we we're trying to sort of step back and tell stories that way and yeah, then it's deep um but it's it's something new for us mm. whereas i think it's like ingrained in hip-hop like yes. that was probably there from day one that yeah. you got to tell a story yeah yeah definitely um so i will well, it's an experiment for us so we'll see how yeah, going. we need our crew. It's mirror free. <laughs> yeah. Man, she's busy. She's a one busy person. Yeah, for real. Definitely. Um, so like, yeah. So keeping uh, sort of talking about the music, mm. um, and I'm, we haven't talked like uh, as a tabla player. I feel like the tabla and hip hop have a lot of parallels. Mm. Um, so for example, we have something called the kaida. And that's when you take a theme and then you just improvise variations on that theme. So, right. that, I mean, the parallel there would be like when you guys freestyle. Freestyle. Um, and then we just keep going, right? Like, you're like... Like, I'm just making all this up, but... Right. It's, in the same it's in the same theme yeah. and, and then you just keep going. Yeah. Um, and it's like... Uh, it's it's of course it's percussive, but hip hop is can also be percussive. Definitely. Like you have that uh, you have a track called like Get Mine, mm. and I, that was one of the things I noticed that was it was kind of like it was really percussive and it was really fast. Um, and then I also pay attention to like the micro beats of like oh mm. well that one landed on three quarters, that one landed on one quarter. Yeah. Um, so like do you do you guys think about that stuff or or is it just more natural or like how like when you're coming up with the so when we, we, we've worked on a track together that hasn't been released because stuff has happened, but it will be one day. Um, but I noticed that the first thing you did was you got on the mic and you just started, you just started going, dun, 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 like you just started yeah, feeling the out the beat. You started feeling yeah. things out before any words came. So yeah. like maybe yeah, walk us through something. The process. Yeah. Maybe, beat, uh, does if, beat, if it, the beats come first? Does the melody come first? Do the words come? Yeah, it's a combination of all of those things. Well, it could be different. Depending in, on in, the track. Yeah, different context. But if the music's already existing, then, you know, the vocal is also an instrument, right? So it's right. like I'm trying to match what's happening musically and the music will inspire how I how I progress with where I want to go lyrically. So, but that usually, whenever, if someone's given me a piece of music to work with, or if I've, I've already made a piece of music, that usually starts with trying to find rhythm and or, well, predominantly rhythm, but sometimes, you know, melody as well um and you know i come from like my dad told me to play the tabla when i was younger oh, so wow. like in terms of rhythm that's that's definitely informed the foundation of where i come from but um i'll try and find different pockets in in the music that i can sit in so, th so, so I can that, that is exactly what the players do is they find yeah. pockets yeah like the singer will be singing i mean when I'm playing tabla, the singer will be singing, right? Yeah. And th they stop to take a breath. Yeah. So it'll be like, take a breath. Because yeah. like just to find that pocket yeah. of, to do something. Yeah. So you're thinking like a yeah, tabla yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, <laughs> much, pretty, pretty cool. much. And that's not uncommon. Uh, it's not uncommon for um, a lot of artists, you know, yeah. and how they, how they find where, how they want to go. So I tend to map out a bunch of different options, you know, to begin with. And depending on the vibe, like if I if I if something really gravitates, if I gravitate towards something, 
in that moment in terms of like a rhythm pattern then i'll they'll i'll i can smash it out then and there otherwise if i've got like 10 different options sometimes i'm like okay let me just scat rhythm record you know over the top of this those patterns and i need to like sit with it and like just play the track back a bunch of different times with those different options and and maybe i'll chuck them into like a session and like cut them up and be like okay that one works good for that section and flows really well into that pattern and that one so i'm kind of arranging the song rhythmically um before putting the words together so i know that way what i what space i have to to work with lyrically um that's how it works sometimes i mean if i'm making the music as well then sometimes i might start with the words you know i might start you know with no music whatsoever just a sense of rhythm that comes from inside me um and just piece together lyrics you know it might just be eight lines to begin with you know um and if i really like those eight lines then i you know i'll I'll try and find a groove that i can piece together around it and and build around the vocal yeah. yeah um so the process can be different every time uh but these days a lot of it has to do with the style so the yeah the rhythm the delivery i try to map that all out before i go in for me when it comes to writing the the arrangement is so important so like from a project perspective like i need to know the i need to i need to be solid in the theme of the entire project before i feel like i can genuinely invest in it in the songs that i'm making at that time otherwise i feel like i'm just making songs and they they, they're kind of purposeless Mm -hmm. so you know if i have the i know how it's going to fit within the entire arrangement then i can make stuff work contextually and i feel more passionate and connected to it more passionate about it and connected to it arrangement meaning like some sort of album or yeah it could be an album or you know um but on an individual song basis same thing like so we were in the studio yesterday and you know we pieced together a beat based on you know something that i had and and with the producer i was working with um as well and and zig who was who was who's my producer as well so the three of us piecing this shit together and then it's like okay well it took me a while to get the lyrics done because i was coming up with moments like i would write a line or two lines and i would be like that's a great moment but that'll work really well in the middle of the second verse so let me put that there and you know that one will work good as an opener for the third and that'll work really well as an ending for the first and so i'll have pockets of like stuff and then it's like okay now let me figure out how to build up to that and and once i had the arrangement like i felt like i could feel the arrangement and and it was finished in my head then it was like boom 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 it was you know it was easy to pump it out you know Mm -hmm. but up to that point it was a struggle because i was like i'm just trying to figure out those moments and trying to figure out where it all fits in in terms of as a song as a whole um so that's kind of how i tend to work yeah when you're traveling or anything do you have moments pop into your head and you just have to write them down or melodies that you just hum definitely like my phone has like voice memos like you can constantly <laughs> just flick down voice memos and you know um yeah I'll, I'll have a lyric like a document on on my google drive which is just like a lyric pad yeah. so like i just add to it and you know whenever i have like two lines just came to me that i really like boom put in a lyric pad yeah. or four lines or whatever put it in there and you know it might might be tied to a particular concept or it might just be a concept and i'm like i like that and i'll put that in my lyric pad and so when I do have time, I'll sit down and when I have a piece of music, I'll just, that tends to be a starting point as well is I flick through my lyric pad and see mm. if there's anything that it inspires in that moment that was connected to something that I felt before. Um, 
And if it, if it is, then it's like, boom, okay, I've got a, ch- a great chunk here. Like that's, that's a body for a verse already. Boom, let's go. Um, and I found a home for that now. Um, so it's, you know, constantly kind of working. My last album, Become, a lot of that was made on the road. You know, like oh, wow. while I was kind of traveling here and there or doing, working on workshops or whatever it might be, like a lot of that was not made or written while I was in Sydney. Mm. It was recorded when I was in Sydney and Melbourne um, and stationary, but that was in between when I was traveling. Um, yeah. So like in um, in Indian classical music, we have like garanas, right? Like sort of schools of thought. Um, so is there some sort of equivalent in in hip hop like do you is there some sort of school of thought or like you know whether it's like a musical style or a rhythmic style or a writing style that you're <coughs> that you follow like that I'm 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 massively influenced by you know a bunch of different artists and I think that that perm, like that you can hear that in in what I do for yeah. sure so like you know I'd be inspired by my biggest inspiration musically would have to be and, and like I think that still comes through in what I do maybe less stylistically now, but just in terms of heart and passion, it's Tupac, oh, okay. you know? So that was huge for me as a 13, 14, 15 year old, you know? Um, and so there's definitely elements of my delivery that are still informed by that inspiration. Otherwise it's like, I'll hear, you know, you can hear in, in my, my music, I suppose, the influence of, of artists like Talib Kweli or Common or yeah. Most mm-hmm. Def, you know? Because um, I listen to them a lot, yeah. um, you can hear the the influence of the politic of people like you know Lauren Hill and um, you know KRS One and and, oh, wow. and and Nas and stuff like that. You know, or you could hear like um, you know come into this stuff now the the inspiration that I've drawn from artists like you know Kendrick and J Cole and and stuff like that. So you know, and even more recently, you know, artists like Jay Z or so like I I, I you know. I, I can I can definitely you know I suppose that gives me or, or, and even on another level like I, I pull stuff from artists in the UK too like what how how grime MCs will pick a pocket on a track and just yeah. stay in that the whole track you know and just it's all about that groove you know so mm-hmm. I, I draw from that as well so like I feel like I have a bunch of uh, like I'm very versatile so I can I could I could, you know, I suppose bringing it back to your question, I could jump into a bunch of different pockets or different lanes and and, and, and styles and rock it that way. Oh, nice. But to That's... me, it's like, how can I bring a level of originality to it as right. opposed to just doing that? Everybody, yeah. every, I mean, everything will go through like the Elfresh like, yeah. filter. Yeah, filter. yeah, yeah right? And then it becomes your own, right? Definitely. It's like, uh, okay, well, I don't just want to, I don't want to just write a song where I do stick in that grime MC influence of pocket from start to finish. Cause I'm like, that's them and they're doing that. But I might have four bars in this song that pulls from that yeah. and, and hits there because like, I like how that fits over this part. And then I'll jump into to something else, you know? So like I, I'll, I'll pull what's familiar for people. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, I'm trying to be my own voice. I'm trying to be my own, like create my own style. And I think now more than ever, with the stuff that I've been making, like that'll be that'll be um, more evident for people who listen to it. So we have um, both of our teachers um, have an expression that they've used on us many times, and that's "sikya uh, dekya parkya." Have you heard that? No. So what it is is it's kind of like what you were describing. Um, uh, first, heard. you go learn. Yeah. Like you go learn yeah. what what it is. Then you, that's the sikya. Then dekya 
is like to go see what the world is doing right right and then see like how and then you know going back to the secure like how like how how does that what they're doing relate to what you learned can you take Take that and internalize it and make it your own or do it in a different way um and and then the last one is barkia which means to go do it yeah um so that's the the kind of like the process that you (coughs) just described so like yeah i mean i remember uh a really important song for me to learn was um biggie's verse on the song notorious thugs with bone thugs and harmony Mm-hmm. And like when I, I remember, I can't remember how old I was, maybe 16 or something like that. But I memorized that verse and practiced it so much because I was like, this is teaching me how to flow. Mm. Oh, nice. Like this is teaching me a different way of how to flow because before that I was just writing and I, I, I didn't really pay attention to how it was sounding. Like I just write lyrics, you know, and, and just try and make it fit. But that verse really inspired me to know and, and feel what flow flow is. So I was like, boom, I need to memorize this. And so I just would do that every day for like a week or something like that, nonstop, until I nail, I could nail it, and and um and master it, and that opened up a whole new, um, whole new level for me, you know. So is is that whole concept yeah. what you're just talking about? Yeah. Do you have so we have this concept of riyaz? Like, do you guys do riyaz? Like, how do you practice? Definitely, yeah. Like more so, I feel like fourteen to about. 26 was like practice so what does that mean you know what I mean? like does that mean you're in your bedroom just uh like two doing hours a day just going doing the same thing what are you doing more than two hours a day it, it was not like it for me music is non-stop yeah like i feel like everything is practice i feel like this is practice like yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. Of, you know like this is practice for cadence right now you know and diction um and tone and you know like yeah i think the same thing for us like we it's constantly on our like you know 24 mm-hmm. 7 it's it's on I'll, yeah. I'll be sitting in meetings and i'm doing this like yeah. county matri or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm staring at, i'm staring at somebody and like i'm they think i'm listening to them but i'm not yeah yeah i wish right? i could do that i'm just clean dirty, dirty diapers <laughs> <laughs> no you do you sing to the kids and that's practice too. yeah definitely um but i mean like is there a phys- like so but physically mm-hmm. like i have to sit at my tabla yeah. she has to sit in yeah. a sensor of singer has to sing so are you like what was your sort of Riyaz schedule in terms of the actually Everything that rapping? Yeah. yeah, I mean, if if we go back to the very beginning, it was sitting in my bedroom making beats and then just writing songs and pra- like performing those songs, recording those songs. So recording became the process by which I was practicing. That's amazing. So it was like as I was making it, and and I tell this to like young artists that I that I work with back home. It's like okay, well, there's no substitute for recording. You know, yeah. like even if you're recording just on your phone, like you need to be able to hear yourself so you can hear it, know what you're doing right, know what you're doing wrong, or what you could do better, and 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 work on that. Yeah, constantly you know? self-adjust. Yeah. yeah. So like uh, that that was from like 14 till about 21, just constantly making a lot of music. Like I made before I even put out an album. I made maybe four or five mixtapes and three or four EPs that no one really has their, old, uh, their hands on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But there was just a lot of songs that I was I was constantly making and recording just to practice. And even before making this new album, I, I probably made like or started twenty to thirty or forty songs, and that was all practice before we actually got to the bunch that we liked. You know, mm. and 
uh, it's it's kind of like just refining, getting better. Like as I suppose, you know, now it's like when I make songs, if I if they don't if I know they're not going to fit on the project, I still listen to them back from the standpoint of like, okay, I see what I was going for, but I didn't actually hit, hit you know, I didn't actually smash it. So I was like, okay, well, actually, I need to learn how to better use my voice in that section or you know i need to reach a bit further or i need to layer it a bit differently yeah. or you know like uh, that's kind of there's no substitute for being in the studio and and recording it and putting it down and then when you're while you're recording it like that's where you that's where i feel like i learn mm. the, the most that's like a lesson that i think we should take from him because we we uh we we just practice in our in our studio but we don't record it we well, but what we're doing now is we're recording all our gigs and then we immediately we go back uh usually we have time to pack our instruments or so we'll get off stage yeah right pull our instruments off and we'll just tear each other down <laughs> like because we're, that sounds so mean it sounds it's mean just no, we do analyzing. the same thing like, <laughs> but it's, the same it's, thing. It's, like it's, we do it on the plane on the way yeah. back from the show and ours we, is know. like literally right as we're packing our instruments before we get so We've torn each other down, right? Like, oh, you, know, you should have done this. And and because we're married, we have that open honesty. Like, it's it's not <laughs> yeah. personal. It's, yeah. it's it's for the sake of you know you can be better if you did blah 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 blah. Right. Um, and we're doing it like you know before like the, the 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 announcer is still saying and thank you for coming out. Like you know your parking can be validated or whatever. And we're in backstage just going like you know we should you missed this behind you, you should have stopped sound and right. that was out of tune. Whatever it was. <laughs> Then we get outside, right? And everybody's like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! That was the most show. amazing you're thing!" You're so and, then we're, and we're like, "Yeah, you're an idiot." Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, thank you. But I think it's, it's definitely like that process has helped us grow. And then yeah. we, you see these recorders. So now I take them to every gig and I record yeah. every gig, yeah. and then we listen to it and again. Because of know. course, practice recording and yeah. match time. Recording yeah. is two different things. Oh, definitely. When yeah. you're on stage, you're, it's completely different. It depends on where you are, the context of the stage. Is, a, is the mic's right? Is a good sound? It throws you off completely. Whether and, and practicing just in your house, going through the same piece, completely different. Definitely. There's things you can't factor for in a live performance yeah. in rehearsal as well, you know. But we do the same thing. Like we film everything that we put, like all the shows that we do, even if it's just on a phone, setting up a phone somewhere. Just not to post it, but just to watch it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's I important. Wish, I wish we had more opportunities I to still, perform. Yeah, I still Like, get. you guys have a network of places to perform and to call well, to perform to. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we've, we've performed less in the past year and a half, but mostly because we're like, um, you know, we need to level up. So I was like, you know, we need to get better. Let's like give people yeah. a break so they can actually, next time they come see us, it's. No, but even like show. when you were saying when you were growing up, you oh, were yeah, doing yeah, the battles sure. and you were doing yeah, sure. stuff yeah. like that. We didn't have sure. indie classical, classical platforms is a, like that like at all. Right. Yeah, I feel you. So uh, that's a great practice too. I feel you. I feel <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, practice is like match practice versus real practice is completely different. Completely different. But the, the fact that you, so I still get uncomfortable in recordings. I, I feel that like whenever I'm in a studio, I don't put my best out. Yeah. And I need to, yeah, yeah, whereas yeah. from like day one, you were like in the studio. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we're not in the studio from day one, right? We're like, uh, our training is like, you know, you're not supposed to go out into the world until you're ready. Until you're ready. But yeah. I think that that's kind of messed up. I think you should go out in the world, fall on your face. 
and learn be how humiliated. to be ready. <laughs> and learn how yeah. to pick, get better. Yeah. Um, They're skills that we are not taught or prepared right. for. Yeah. Right. So there, you know, like we have this uh, like Guru Shishya Parampara and like, um, it's amazing. Like that that's amazing. But then there are some downsides too. Like, you know, Well, you I mean? need to explain what that is. <laughs> guru Shishya Parampara is where you have um, a guru or a teacher. Just explain to everyone else. Um, and then you're a disciple of that teacher. And right. You're, you're the, they're your mother or father for life, for music. Yeah. And you... Whatever they give you, you wholeheartedly receive and just concentrate. Mm. And they teach you a lot about life and a lot about music. So it's just a um, rotating in that uh, relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Which I appreciate that, man, because you get yeah. focus and attention. And yeah, it's the, the positive sides of everything. It's, it's, yeah, it's, oh, a, yeah, it's amazing. Like it's, it's one of the like we love our gurus like, you know, pro- as much as our parents, yeah. if not more. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's amazing. Um, it's just that there's this uh, there's this notion of uh, you don't send them out until they're ready. Does how, they, do how do they like, get ready, right? right you're right. going to get ready when you go out. Right. But does that come from also like the, the gurus kind of protecting their the quality of their, yeah, their, their brand output. too? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, their yeah, brand, yeah, is, their legacy yeah. and all that. That yeah. comes from that as well. But it, but it, it, it's also like they did it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but, it's changing now, though. Yeah. But you know we've been we've been given our blessings to perform, and then like yeah, yeah. we're we're constantly getting better. Like yeah. if you looked at the recordings of us two together from like the first year of our marriage to like no. today, it's like night and day. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, I think yeah. To me, recording is like so key in all of this. You know, yeah. I was a friend of mine who's a producer who I met just working like this year working on the new album and known of his work for a long time. Like he's a an amazing producer named Sergio. Um, who's from Sydney but works predominantly in LA and you know he's a beast you know he's working with some of the people that back home are like wow you're working with those people you know like um, you know he's Teddy Riley came and scooped him up you know and and brought him to LA and and so he's kind of like in those circles as a producer and we were working on stuff and just kind of being in the studio with him I was learning a lot as well and he's a producer who uses synths a lot right uh, and and plays like plays every instrument, you know. Um, and he said this one thing in a session which inspired me a lot, but also made me realize the consistency in what we do as well, or the similarity in what we do. Where he was like, you know, I record my synths direct into, you know, my project. I don't use USB or MIDI keyboards. So then that way I can't go in and edit and drag individual notes and stuff mm. like that. Right. I force myself to perfect my playing and yeah. record that in, you know? And so he's like, if it's not perfect on that take, then I just do it again and do it again and do it again until I play it perfectly. Mm. And that's a great way of practice. And so it similarly, it's like when I'm recording my, my, my raps, it's like record it you know do a couple of takes so i'm warmed up and then once i've started to hit where i feel like i you know okay these now we're getting to takes where i really want to listen to them back critically it's like recorded boom how did that sound yeah great sound good now let's listen back critically okay you know that's all you know line one two three that's great line four i could pronounce that better line five six were good seven let's scrap that completely or maybe it's just that one word i need to focus on okay now let's go again you know and so it's like okay now i know what i need Mm -hmm. to focus on for the next take so was there ever a part when in this process uh, where you just would just cringe? Oh, yeah. 
Like, Even uh, now, like sometimes, oh, you know, really? like I'll do something and I'm like, oh yeah, that sounded better in my head. <laughs> yeah. You know, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I have a, I don't like listening. Like I feel horrible anytime I listen back to myself. Uh, it's just I don't like I'm, it. I'm still like that, you know. But I just, think to get better, you got to just get over that. <clears throat> yeah, you got to get over it. But also, like, I don't know what I sound like in comparison to anybody, like in comparison to all the artists that I love to listen to. Yeah. Because like I am I don't want to listen to my voice. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, yeah. I enjoy the songs that I make. Don't get me wrong. Like I can listen to it back and enjoy the songs and be like, yeah man, I really love this song. Like I can't wait to perform this. I can't wait for people to hear this and all that sort of stuff. But like if you ask me where I think like if I'm on par with you know some of the greats that I look up to that I'm trying to aspire to be on their level mm. like I couldn't tell you that because like I'm so critical of my voice yeah. and I you know it's my voice you know so I was like oh man I don't know if, is that cool like is that let me you know? let me tell you something about this show right <laughs> I, we were supposed to buy headphones you're right but I was like I'm not listening to myself <laughs> I sound ridiculous we so we're, we, we didn't yeah I was like I sound like uh, yeah I sound horrible right. so I'm not buying headphones right we're gonna do this acoustic right right <laughs> man that's funny but you know yeah so but at the same time it's like you know when i listen back to my voice i can you know i'm listening not to i'm listening for tone and stuff like that yeah. and you know where's my voice coming from right now you know is it coming am i am i using my nasal palate too much am i coming from from my i need to come from my gut where is this part sitting like you know so i'm, I'm very much in tune with with all of that stuff uh, and you, you kind of have to be if you're aiming for, for mastery, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's what we, we all are. We're all on that path. Trying. Yeah. Um, there was something else I wanted to ask you about, mm. and that's um, I like sampling. Mm. Um, so, and then I noticed this when a lot of like Indian samples are used. Uh, like it'll, they'll take a piece of an alop and like just take out a little thing and then loop it and whatnot. Whereas I go... Wait, I wanted to listen to the alab. <laughs> right. Well, that's your thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's my thing. <laughs> um, so, like, what? What are you like? How do you use sampling? Like, how do you view it? Like, uh, in sampling. the culture video, like, um, I, I know you sampled like that Shabash thing that you sampled was amazing. That was, yeah, awesome. that was funny. That was, that was awesome. So cool. <laughs> I, I love that because yeah, when, as we're learning, oops, sorry, um, as we're learning, uh, that's that's like the word yeah that's exactly. like you know how you give like a little dog a that, treat like that's the one that when your teacher <laughs> says shabash yeah yeah like super you're on top of the world yeah so you got you guys got it man you guys got yeah. it when we put it in there every two bars it's like okay well as a listener when you hear that song when we put it out it'd be like i i deliver two bars and it's like you know as a as an mc your goal is like every line is to be amazing you yeah. want yeah. every line to be like to hit as hard as the last one and so, like, after two lines on that song, you're going to hear a shabash. <laughs> so it's like, oh, man, it's so cool. Feels good. You know? <laughs> yeah, that was what we, like, in we every lesson, it. you're just aspiring we're, to we're, get that shabash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, like, his students as well, Mbir, who we sampled, and yeah. he was teaching his students. Like, I feel like his students will play that back just to hear him say shabash. Because, <laughs> like, you know, I suppose it can be rare in a, in a yeah, teacher's yeah, yeah. Really When you get it, it's gold. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. Goldest. Yeah, so Seriously. you hear it in that song, six. <laughs> Theme by eight times at least in the verse yeah. and then throughout the rest of the song so you might hear it like 16 times in that whole song so yeah but keep playing yeah, it if man. you need that encouragement, need that encouragement. <laughs> definitely um but yeah look i love sampling man like that was how i learned how to produce beats or make beats was, yeah. was predominantly from sampling um and so we'll sample a lot 
Um, and I love how the technology has kind of gotten to a point where, you know, there's, there's different websites and stuff where you can pull sample from samples from because you're paying a license, a regular fee. You don't have to worry about clearances because yeah. that can be a big, um, uh, you know, block right, to, to, to sampling. Other times, you know, we, I might sample a record and, you know, get my band to replay it or get someone to replay it or, you know, we'll do something to, to kind of, you know, once replay the chopped up version of it so it's not yeah. the same as the original. Um, we do stuff like that. But I, I love the feel of a sample on a track. And there have been songs where I've sampled a laps and stuff like that as well. Or we've gotten, you know, like on the first album and one of my, still to this day, one of my favorite songs to perform and one of my favorite beats just to listen to is um, Faithful. And in that song, it's like a real soulful kind of beat. But um, a friend of mine named uh, Jeet Hakam sang a laps just over that whole song, oh, you know, wow. in the booth. And, you know, it just adds such a different vibe to what would to what is similar, mm. you know, what feels yeah. similar in hip hop. Uh, and it's just it's it's feels man so like yeah i, I love all so it comes stuff. from like that the origin of of hip-hop like used a lot of sampling mm. and that's you that that feels like home to you is what you're saying yeah you know like but also i just yeah i enjoy that feel because so i mean i'm just between us mm. i don't like that feel but mm. she loves it like love she wants every track we do like she's like i, I wish wanna, we could put i want to like, like, no. sample this i want to cut this i want to chop it i'm like and can then i to just me, use this much of your tabla he's like no i practiced <laughs> so long and you're just gonna use this much right. I don't yeah think so, so like i'll play i'll be like i can just play the whole like take out with the lead and the bowl and everything why no, do you want to just like making cut out? you beat with your awesome bio yeah. so like, this no. is something we go back and forth on but like uh that's because i grew up listening to very like long intimate math hills like you know that go till like five or six in the morning I, I you know, right <laughs> or i would listen to long long recordings and then when somebody like chopped it it, it didn't it felt away from home for me right. so we have like different homes right, right. but to you're saying it feels like home to you so it's just diff uh like a different perspective Definitely. but it's, it's amazing um so i think one of the last things i wanted to ask about is uh like we're obsessed with like eminem <laughs> Okay, so when I yeah. listen, like, uh, and as a tabla player, I'm listening to oh, him. Yeah. Okay? yeah, I feel you know. Okay, I get where you're coming from. Um, right, right, right. So I, I'm, I, I get that he's an amazing writer and all that, but like, uh, like I, my brain's not going there. My brain is going to how precise he is in in like the microbeats that he's hitting, it, and the melodies of his rhythm. Right, and and the melodies like the, like from a tabla perspective, I'm I'm a huge fan. And is so like, can you give me the hip hop side of it? Like, um, are you an Eminem fan or uh, like, you know, break it down on the hip hop side yeah. as opposed to the tabla side? Yeah, Eminem was one of the the the, the um, bunch of artists that I listened to a lot as a teenager. Um, so you know, he he's his music was was also an influence on me in terms of just like again learning rhythm, learning. Um, Right. Cadence more than anything. I think that's 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 the interesting thing about Eminem is like he can make words sound like they rhyme when they don't mm. actually rhyme yeah. if you speak them normally. Um, but just the way that he's arranged it and stuff like that, you know, he, he he's great at doing that. And you know, like when I think of artists like that, some who really blow me away, um, Black Thought to me is the the absolute master. To okay. me, he's my, I gotta look these he's up. He's my number one like of all time. You know, like 
just phenomenal. Like if you were to pick one thing to watch, it would be his freestyle. Um, if you go on YouTube, Hot 97, Black Thought, freestyle. Okay. He goes for nine minutes, one take. And like, you know, most people when they, they, they rap for that long, you probably get halfway through and you think, okay, well now it's going to slow down. Like they're not going to, the second half's not going to be as good as the, the first yeah. half. It's hard to maintain that intensity. Yeah, but you get halfway through and you're like, he's just getting better. Mm. He's turning it up. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and after, you know, watching that, you're just like, unbelievable how amazing he is. And similar to, to, to Eminem in the sense of like, and, and even more so for me with Black Thought, like he's able to make words rhyme that you don't think you didn't think rhymed before yeah and he's able to kind of put it all together and tell you a story that's connected to politics and 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 the story he's trying to tell when i think about rhythm patterns as well similar so eminem you know is 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 kind of like his thing has been like how do you fit as many syllables as you can in like a bar yeah you know and and make Mm -hmm. it sound dope the next level to that is like i get blown away by artists like kendrick artists like J.I.D. and there's a group called um, Earth Gang like I was listening to one of their songs recently and just like it, you know and, and again similarly kind of like Andre 3000 Outkast like yeah, how nice. they're able to maneuver between bars with syllables on mm. beats that you know are, it's on beat but it's like in a different pocket so yeah. it feels like it's it's swung no, it's, in, it's in, in the, the mi- micro beats so like in Tabla or even Komalji does this on Santur is sometimes you're you're playing and you'll just create like a theme mm. that like oh so, so you got one two three four right but rather than hit the one you're like i want to hit one yeah. quarter beat before the one yeah right yeah so it's like the two three done done mm. right mm. three done done yeah. right so then you start like three like you want to play with that right like you want to go da da ti da ge na da ti da ge ti na ge na da da ti da ge na da ti da ge ti da ah right yeah you want to like hit yeah, you want to yeah, yeah. just keep hitting that, that pocket. It's similar to that. And then, so or like, and that's just a three quarter micro beat. You can do quarter micro beat. Yeah. You can do, you know, three eighths. You can do, four, yeah. And I love that. And like, <clears throat> I think from my perspective, as I've as I've grown as a as an MC, like I tried to to like. Well, I think what I learned was it comes from having confidence in your ability to trust your instinct in that moment by that i mean like what we were talking about before you know like when you pick a theme and you freestyle you know on on your tabla grooves it's like similarly when a piece of music comes on and it's and it's playing it's like i'm just gonna freestyle freestyle rhythm and like in that moment i'm gonna hit pockets that i wouldn't hit if i was trying to write the words first and I was trying to like, right. cause I would go to what was just common to me, like, mm. you know, but like if I can freestyle a whole verse and like, I'm gonna hit like a bunch of different pockets that just feel completely different to being on, on the grid and, yeah, and, and yeah, being yeah. precise with it. And I think, you know, when you're able to do that, you can be so flexible and you can come up with a bunch of different things. And I feel like that's how artists like Kendrick can 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 do that where like in the middle of a verse he'll hit a completely different he'll he'll add something in there that's melodic and then go into something you know different tone and different rhythm pattern and stuff like that and it just sounds amazing and i think that comes from just the openness to to his creativity and trusting in his instincts and his ability as a as a as as an artist yeah um and you know i think 
that's kind of like what it is really is so like, we refer yeah. to this concept like it's called lakari mm. which means you're playing with the rhythm mm. and and so there uh our teachers have sort of explained that there's sort of two stages to this and one is one's called gintkari just like mathematics which means like mathematically you're going like you know if I, so if i go one two one two and i go one two three four five six seven one right like then you've that's counted, seven you've counted, I've counted out that like Seven, you know, divided by four is like one and three quarters. So which, I'm should be, quarters. which should be like the M M&M and M approach. Like, right. I feel like okay. So I mean, that this right. is what I, what I wanted to yeah. know, right? Because I'm I'm not a hip hop connoisseur. Right. Um, I just sort of know the pop stuff that's out there. Yeah. Just like I'm sure, vice versa. I can right. name you like 45 amazing star players. Right. You could probably name like two or three, right? Yeah. Um. So it's the same for us. Right. Um. But so the the stage after Ginthkadi is Lakadi, hmm. where it's, it's more about feel. It's natural. Mm. You don't need to think about it. You don't need to count it. Mm. You've you've done that training. I'm sorry. You've done that training, and now it's just natural, and you okay. can just do it on demand. Yeah, and that's the goal. So like, yeah. So if I go like, I didn't need to Ultimate go like. Goal. So if I go one, two, like I don't need to like um, count like seven again. I can just go da. Yeah. Right. Like I da. Like I know where the three quarter is, and then then you then you can start making distinctions between three quarters and like thirds, right? So like if I go like dun 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 da, right? Mm. That's uh, one and two thirds as right. opposed to one and three quarters, like right. 1.666 versus 1.75. Right. Um, and then, yeah, you can go into fifths and like all mm. that stuff. So like we're learning all this as tabla players, but like my people, like our teachers, like Ustad Tari Khan or Shpandi Chif it's natural. They don't even think about it, mm. they just do it. And I know that hip hop artists are oh, like, lakars, yeah. like they're lakar artists. And it's all it, feel. Yeah. It's all feel. It's all amazing. It's, yeah, man, like, that's what it's about at the end of the day. I remember being in the studio session, like, being in studio sessions for my first album. I was working with a producer, <clears throat> amazing producer back home called Michael McGlynn, who I did my first two albums with at his studio. And, uh, you know, working with him on that first album was like, I'm the hip-hop guy, so I'm bringing the hip-hop knowledge. He's the guy who, you know, could bring knowledge of music and instrumentation and stuff like that, but didn't really have experience making hip hop music. Yeah. So when we combined, it was like this unique combination. I loved of, it. Right. Loved the music in those albums. He br he brought that musicality to it, and I remember when I was introducing him to different references, like I would play him Jay Dilla's stuff as references, and awesome. he would he would be like. <laughs> This makes no sense to me musically whatsoever, <laughs> but it feels amazing. amazing. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> like, he's like, this beat is not quantized. Like, it's not perfect. Like, it's not to the grid. Yeah. It's, it's, it's off. Like, that kick drum is off. That hi-hat yeah. is off. That snare is late. That one's early. Like, the bass note is way late. Like, yeah. what it the hell is going swings on? Swings and grooves so beautifully. <laughs> yeah. And I was like... It's just feel, man. Like, that's what it's about. It's feel. And it reminded me, like, years later, I watched um, an interview of Questlove, the drummer for The Roots. Right. And he was talking about working on D'Angelo's album, um, Voodoo. And he was talking about, like, how D'Angelo would be like, okay, Quest, I want you to play late. I want you to play, like, like that Dilla, Dilla stuff. Play heaps late. And Questlove would be playing it. And, you know, thinking he was matching what D'Angelo wanted. D'Angelo's like, nah, later than that. <laughs> like, okay, no, later than that. Later than, like, just exaggerated to the fullest extent. And Questlove's like, this sounds terrible as a drummer. Like, yeah. if I'm it technically speaking, probably. yeah, it feels <laughs> terrible. 
feels so wrong, but it's so right at the same time. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, and that album is so influential in that whole genre, but also within hip hop. So like, you know, uh, it is purely just just feel. Yeah, man. But jumpies are notorious for that, by the way. We're like, uh, I mean, there's there's this thing like my teacher's teacher, may I shock the same concept? Like, you know, just basic thing tal is like da din din da da din din da whatever, right? And that's like you can't get more precise than that. Yeah. But there was this thing he would do with vocalists that he would like round it out. Oh my goodness. So like the one, you know, every four beats it's still landing, but it would be like da da din da da like it was just rounded. And it had such a groove. She was like, I got nuts when I heard Yeah, that. she was like, that, that sounds awesome. so sexy. And I was like, right. I've never heard that's of Miyasa right, right, right. described that way, right. but that, that, that's right. Right. <laughs> you know, it's funny, man. Like, I, 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 before coming here, maybe a month before coming here or so, I remember I was playing tabla for my dad when he was doing kirtan, and this was like just in the house. And um, I hadn't played with him for a, a long time. My brother's kind of taking that role now, younger brother. But I remember uh, you know, playing with him, I haven't played for a while, and I was like playing in my head because we were recording the new album, so I was like making beats, I was playing with different rhythms, and stuff. so I'm like, man, you know, I wonder if it'd be cool if I if I'm playing double and I'm like late on it, but I hit the one, yeah, yeah. but I'm just late, and I was, I remember doing it a couple of times, and every time I did it, my dad would look over and be like, <laughs> kind of in his eyes, yeah. like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I thought that sounded cool, but I'll, I'll go back to being straight. You know what I mean? Like, I was, yeah. I was no, it, experiment. It, so, so I mean, it, it does sound cool. Like, it that's does. what that's our like our ultimate goal is to get there. Like, you don't want to play like da right? You want to go like da Like, yeah, I just. I still hit it, yeah. right? Da 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 Like you want to just keep do it. Off yeah, it doesn't have to be in the yeah. beat. Yeah. But the yeah. one, two, three, four is like going on in your exactly. brain, but yeah. you want to exactly. kind of just feel it. Exactly. That was a funny moment, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. This has like been an amazing chat. Yeah. Um, I know I was supposed yeah, to be yeah, a better <laughs> radio host, and we'll go back in and splice some music so that you guys can hear some actual music. Yeah. Uh, but the conversation was just flowing so well, I didn't want to break it up. Right. Um, so we'll do that in post. No <laughs> Thank um, you guys but, so much for making the time. Like, I know you travel both to, to be here this morning. Uh, um, and I, I very much appreciate no, it. No, it's our pleasure. Um, loved it. Why don't you share, like, uh, your social media handles, let everybody know where you're at. Sure, man. I mean, on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, it's all, and even Facebook, it's all the same. It's just Fresh the lion. All one word, no spaces, no gaps, no punctuation or anything like that um and i'm i'm active on pretty much all of those yeah and like uh everybody should listen to his music um Definitely. like we listen to it and it inspires us you know when we're feeling down like it, it charges you up mm. <laughs> um and then yeah if you guys can follow us on social media we're uh we're at uh youtube.com slash absolute focus uh, facebook.com slash absolute focus productions twitter's at abs focus we need to fix these man yeah <laughs> man, we couldn't get them all we couldn't yeah. and uh, patreon.com slash absolute focus <laughs> um and thank you thank you very much thank, thank you. you appreciate it <laughs>